My guest today on Hair Life is the very inspiring and very energetic Rory Fairburns, the co-founder of the amazing One Year No Beer program and the author of the 28 Day Challenge. So sit back and enjoy the show. Hairdressing, business, beauty, products, people, interviews, fitness, health, well-being. I'm Nathan Plumridge and welcome to Hair Life. Good morning and welcome, Rory. How are you? Welcome to Hair Life. Thank you for having me on, Nathan. Oh, no worries. I've been super excited about this interview. It's uh, It's been one it's of those... It's been that's... challenging to book, which is all, all <laughs> yeah. my fault, so I'll take 100% of the blame. But, hey, it's um, not a problem. You're, you're, uh, somebody, somebody um, so, so my operations assistant yesterday literally said, I said, oh, did you manage to find a slot in my diary and she's like whenever I look at that thing I get nightmares <laughs> <laughs> do you know it's one of those when people have calendar like that and in your mm-hmm. head you're thinking oh there's going to be a perfect time there at 10 30 on a Tuesday when I record normally and then it was like nope 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 <laughs> nope it was like right let's get well, what you've done what you've done thank you because um you know it's I think this is like lessons in life isn't it wherever there's pain there's usually a sign that you need to focus on something and change so I was like look just put some time in your diary, in your Calendly, to fix your Calendly. And so I went through it and I was like, okay, well, hang on a minute. I don't want somebody to book the next day. So I need a four-day least window so that I can think about that. And if somebody books into something, there needs to be a little bit of before for prep time and a little bit of after. So I just made all these changes. So you made me better. Excellent. Pre- well, already you. you've yeah. had an impact on me so thank you let's hope this show is going to make some people better as well so then between us we don't i hope so <laughs> okay, rory um let's kind of get to it so you are the co-founder of one year no beer and you're the co-author of the 28 day challenge as well is that right and um, right. before we get to those what i'd love to know is just just about you just your your general story before you got to one year no beer Yes. Okay. So, um, well, I grew up on the Isle of Mull, west coast of Scotland, tiny place. I mean, you know, it's the size of the M25 and what, 2000 people live there. So, um, you know, everyone. Um, I was super hyperactive and, um, you know, really, really struggled with my brain. It's, you know, six years old. They were like, this kid needs help uh, to my parents. And they gave him an ultimatum, drugs or counseling. Um, and they, I'm very, I believe I'm very fortunate. Um, that they chose counselling uh, because it started this journey of me trying to understand what was going on inside this brain rather than just closing it off and moving on. Um, and I really struggled with my head. You know, it was it was it was there was a lot of noise. I think there's many of us out there. In fact, most of us in our lives at some point struggle with the noise in our heads. That sort of self-deprecating, self-hatred, cut down, um, all of those things. And um, I, I really struggled and then you know, 13, 14 had a couple of suicide attempts um, and I just didn't really understand where I fitted into the world. And um, I coming back from that, my, my dad was like, I, I really want you to try and, um, you know, he'd, he'd found some stuff about hope and how hope was so key to helping people recover and improve from injury and science now we know about hope is just incredible. Um, so he said, you know, why don't you write a letter to somebody inspirational and, um, you know, something like that. And I took that away and I thought, you know, I'm going to write a letter to Richard Branson. So I wrote a letter to Richard Branson. I said, I'm going to change the world one day and I'm looking forward to having lunch. With you. And I just always, you know, I felt different and 
all the stuff. It's, it, it was a bit longer than that letter, but um, you know, that's, that's the cut down version. Um, and then I sort of set about this journey. I was like, I, I'm going to become an entrepreneur. It was very much fueled by my dad. Um, and I started my first business at 15. Arguably, you could say 13, because at 13 years old, I was hauling creels in a dinghy a mile offshore without a life jacket right before school. Um, I mean, they wouldn't let anybody do that these days on, in the Atlantic Ocean, but uh, just some marmalade sandwiches to keep me company. Um, but, you know, 15, I set up my first business. Um, and then by the time I was 25, I tried five different enterprises, all failed. I mean, you know, I was like, I'm just a serial failpreneur. It's not good for your ego um, to have so many um, failures. Um, and um, quite randomly, somebody heard my story and they were like, you should apply for the TV program, The Apprentice. Um, so I applied, got accepted, uh, ended up going down for the beginning of the show of series two in the UK of The Apprentice, only to sit outside the studio for four hours. And then eventually they said, look, we can't explain, but you're not going on. And I was like, wow, you know, I've told the whole of Mal that I'm, I'm, I'm going here, which is basically my mum, my dad, the dog and some sheep. Um, <laughs> but um, I was, I'm not going back to Scotland, my tail between my legs. You know, I got to the airport and I saw the next flight was leaving to Ibiza. And I thought, perfect, it's a great place to get over rejection. Um, so headed out there and randomly I bumped into an oil broker while I was out there, told him my story. And he was like, you should come and, you know, it's very entrepreneurial world. So I entered into the world of oil broking um, and that was an incredible world. You know, it was uh, licensed to party. And I'd always been this party party boy. I was a absolutely the party starter. I was the first one to call shorts, shots. I was the last man standing. I was usually naked um, at some point in the evening. Um, and um, so, you know, there's, there's, I was absolutely the party guy. And even though I'd worked so hard, it was like, this was the way of dealing with what was going on in my head, right? It was to be a work addict during the week and then to just party like there was no tomorrow at the weekend. Um, I think that probably sounds familiar to most people, yeah, right? That's, I, agree that's, I think it's how it is. That's life, right? We get to yeah. get to Friday and then we just let loose and numb out the brain and the noise. So um, this world of oil broking, it was a lot of entertaining clients, a lot of taking people out. And I was extremely good at that, right? Two, two parts of me collided. The weekend and the weekday became the same thing. Um, and, you know, I remember getting 250 guys, well, there was a few girls, but that's the oil industry, into a nightclub, you know, um, and it's like, <laughs> you know, you've you got to know a lot of nightclub owners, you've got to love, know a lot of bouncers, you know, and that's, I just, you know, knew my way about town. Um, had an amazing time. Met my wife, started a family, mm -hmm. right? This is when it started to cause a bit of issues. You know, she doesn't want a drunk guy coming home at three o'clock in the morning on Tuesday um smelling um and um it caused a lot of friction um and i'm kind of winding through this stuff here but it gets you to the bit of background of how oimb how, how oimb came about um and from there i um I, you know the, although there was a lot of friction in our marriage and relationship at work this was totally normalized right you know oh god just take a later train, have another beer, don't worry about it. And also the incentive to go home, like, why do I wanna go home? I'm just going home to verbal abuse. Um, so I'll stay at the pub a bit longer. Now I was never a problem drinker. Um, I never, I could switch off easily. I didn't, I didn't have that bit in me, which just carried on. Yes, I never wanted the party to stop. I was always the last man standing, mm -hmm. but I didn't have that bit where I couldn't, I, I was blowing up my life from alcohol. And so because of that, 
I just didn't identify with the people who'd chosen to stop. And what was out there was like AA and, you know, it was like you had to reach rock bottom. You had to be selling your granny um, for a pint of heavy uh, for breakfast, right? Or pouring whiskey on your conflicts if yeah. you wanted to change your relationship with alcohol. And yet in the back of my mind, I was like, I just know this is holding me back. So um, I got introduced to this thing called Headspace um, and started listening to Andy Puddicombe back in 2013. And it was him in the videos then, right? It was really early in the app. Yeah, amazing. And it, I was doing it on the train to and from work. And, and it was like, hang on a minute. I was suddenly building this gap between the identity that I'd created at work and who I actually really was. And I was like, I think alcohol is causing me more trouble than I realized. I think it's the thing that's holding me back. So um, not to mention, you know, the wife's like, but you know, you don't listen to that, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> thankfully, she stuck with me. Um, but I, um, so I thought, all right, I'm going to take a break from booze. And I approached my boss and I said, I'm going to take a break from booze. Now, I built up one of the largest desks at the world's largest oil brokerage, very successful at oil broking. And clearly, they didn't want me to destroy that. And he was like, look, you're committing commercial suicide if you stop drinking. Um, and that was enormous pressure. It was, it was so, you know, 13 years, uh, it was so ingrained in my identity. I built a brand. I, I, I was known as like the whiskey guy. I would tell everyone about whiskey. I learned about whiskeys. It'd be whiskey at lunch, right? Should we do, do you want to try it? You know, so um, I, um, and that's when I, uh, it took me six months eventually to pluck up the courage. Um, and, and I was like, right, I'm going to take a break here. Took a break and just everything, everything got better. I couldn't believe it. You know, um, it, it, it doesn't happen immediately, but it started fairly rapidly. You know, once you get the first month, you start to feel a bit better. And I was like, it's easy. I'm going to carry on. I got it to 90 days and I was losing weight. I was feeling so much happier in myself, like happier than I'd ever been, you know, because this noise in my head was starting to calm down. I didn't need to exercise as much, but, you know, I didn't need to meditate as much, you know, all of those things. So it made me a better dad. It made me a better husband. It made me way better at work. Mm -hmm. Committing commercial suicide. I was the only broker in the industry who was sober on Friday morning, right? I just cleaned up, um, uh, you know, um, started to get right into my exercise. So anyway, every area of my life improved. And this is where I kind of took a step back. Um, and, uh, you know, to, uh, Andy had been bumped into Andy. He'd been on a similar journey. And we were like, look, there's something massive here. There's something um, really huge. And that is that nobody's talking about the benefits, the advantages of taking a break from alcohol. Um, you know, it was just all stigma. It was all um, blame. You know, you've ruined your life. You need to go and collect a chip every day. You need to, that, that was just all that stuff. Yeah. And we were like, there's something huge here because everyone's searching for these benefits. Everyone's searching for better sleep, um, losing weight, less anxiety, feeling happier in themselves. They're trying to be more productive. They're trying to leave their crappy job and start their business, right? People, this is what people are searching for. And yet it's right under their nose, yeah. the tool that will give them all they need to go and make that a possibility. So um, we were, I, I started off um, like the town crier, the evangelist, right? Standing on the thing, hear ye, hear ye, <laughs> not drinking is amazing. You know, this is the tonic, come and take it. Yeah. And literally just like the guy at Piccadilly Circus who is praising the Latter-day Saints at you at 900 decibels, you're like, 
jock on me, right? <laughs> Which was my experience, my experience in talking to people. They were like, mate, go and have a pint and shut up, right? What are you talking about? And nobody wanted to listen. So and I was like, okay, this is not working. Stage. This was the first stage of that one year no beer. That was the concept yes. behind it. So, so that, that was the whole, well, this is, no, no, no. One year no beer wasn't really birthed then while, right. while I was running around sort of, um, you know, trying to tell other brokers or trying to tell other traders and anyone really. I mean, yeah. you know, friends would be like, Ruri, we have spent the last 13 years trying to catch up with you. And now you've turned the other way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, um, uh, ultimately, people don't want to um, don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear that their precious alcohol, the thing that they have grown over so many years and decades of social conditioning to believe that is the, the tonic of their life. It's the source of all happiness, fun, everything else. I was 100% there. This is not me being judgmental. I, I, that is, was the tonic of my life. And so the only way that they will experience how life transforming it is, is if they take a break themselves. Yeah. And so that's where the challenge idea came from, right? Let's create a challenge which people are going to be proud of, right? Let's remove the stigma. Let's just say, come on, this is like doing a tough mother, guys, right? You know, anyone can do that. Come and challenge yourself to not drink. And then during that time, we're going to give you a whole bunch of tools. We're going to give you a whole bunch of things that's going to help you realize that there's a reason why you were drinking like that in the first place that, to help you change your relationship with alcohol. But also you will see how unbelievably awesome life can be when you change your relationship so I think uh, with booze. Um, that, I mean, there's, there's so many things you've sort of spoke about there that I've kind of like looked at, obviously discussing during this. But, and one of those things was having just done like the 28 day challenge within one year, no beer. The biggest well thing I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. And I, I think the biggest thing that really came out of that was exactly what you just said then was the fact that because it was kind of challenged focused, there was a bit of it where it was kind of subscription. It was like, there's a buy-in. And I always think it's like, if we hold an event here in the salon, if we charge a fee, people turn up, it's that thing. And I think that was that sort of process. But the, the biggest thing I really, I really commend you for was the day-to-day like every day, it was like day one, right? You've started this. And then the continuous emails and that progression every day, I think is what is completely different. It keeps you on that track. Yeah. And it was amazing to see what you kind of even created within the group. There's a lot of love in those groups. It's a lot of love. Wow. Like I was really blown away by just the levels of support. Yes. That are sat in that group. And for people on their first day and for those that are on 365 days it was it was continuous and the fact that I just on that note yeah. a big shout out to the 70 plus volunteers yeah and the community managers and the customer support team who make sure that that community is like that because we have to we have to moderate we have to and it really started at the beginning was um, because if you look back at, at my journey of so much counseling and coaching and, and self-analysis is that for me to discuss any issue, any area of my life is like easy. It's like conversation, 
And for many other people, that's not, right? They don't talk about their feelings or their problems or even the darkness, right, that they have. Yeah. And so right early on, we created a space of vulnerability. We created a space where you could you could share and be completely honest. And then it was like, and we have to create a culture of being completely inclusive. And, you know, so, so if somebody's like, oh, I slipped up, I had 10 pints last night, but I'm going to carry on in my journey. Okay, amazing. Great for you. We're not going to judge you on that. Right. If you do 365 days without drinking and one day you drank 10 pints, that's a massive success. But if you do 40 days and then drink 10 pints and make yourself go back to day one because of that, you're a loser in your mind. Right? Do you know what I mean? Not. Yeah, yeah. I, I would never imply that this side, but that was the non-judgmental place. We're ne it's never day one again and all of that stuff. So sorry. And that's um, something that I witnessed. And that was the yeah. biggest thing. Like, I had a lot of chats with a lot of people in that community. And it was amazing. Just the support. I mean, I spoke, God, I must have probably spoke to 30, 40 people that basically had that situation where, you know, they started that first week of January and they got to a situation where their children were stressing them out and it was a Saturday night and their crux was to have a glass of wine. And they felt so guilty that even after a week, and it was like, yeah, but you had one glass of wine. It was like, it's amazing. Like what you've achieved. Massive success. Yeah, and, and you could see that because there'd be so many comments from everybody else in that group. So yeah, that in itself, I think, is an incredible support network that One Year No Beer has already done. So those people are in Completely. it as well, aren't they? They're in it to win it, which they are. Is, is a huge- Well, it's also, um, you know, the, credit to Andy um, and, and I in, 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 in designing this product around positive psychology and really understanding habit science and using the latest things and the latest tools was that what we had, what we had to do is make so much of this program subconscious. Mm -hmm. Okay. So somebody's like, Oh, hey, I'm thinking about not drinking. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do dry jam. And then it becomes about this thing about abstinence, um, missing something that you love, um, avoiding your social circle. So you cancel all the things because you don't want to see friends. You're not drinking. I mean, what no, will they no. think of you? You know, it's just right. So what you do is you make it all this, this depravity and, you know, willpower and everything else. Now that is the normal way that people think about quitting drinking. I'm quitting something that I love. And we were like, we've got to redesign this from the top to the bottom. Um, and we've got to say to people that there's actually nothing to give up, that there's everything to gain, mm -hmm. to make it all about positive focus on it. But also the reason why you have this relationship with alcohol is because of society, right? It's watching parents, aunties, uncles, everyone celebrate, commiserate, yeah. congratulate with booze at every occasion. And all those neural pathways have been built up over time. So it is society that created your relationship with alcohol. Now, in your 20s, you're right in amongst it. You're learning at that time. Oh, it's identity. It gives me fun. It gets me laid. It makes me, right? So all of those, all of those um, neural pathways are gluing together. But then later, 30s, 40s, it's like, well, I've already seriously ingrained those routines. And now it's helping me unwind and relax and be and switch off. And they're deeply, deeply ingrained. And so although you might be a social hermit and sitting drinking at home, it is still the society part yeah. that created that in the first place. So you trying to change your relationship with on your own with shame and stigma and blame and everything else, it ain't going to happen. It's, well, that's hard. It's incredibly hard. And similarly, 
if you do it with a community of people, supportive people who are inspiring you, right? This is not like going into a circle and, um, you know, I have the greatest respect to the other programs that are out there in the world. So, so you, know, you know, almost sitting in a circle and hearing about depravity or just, right? So very different to that, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna see somebody who's just completed a marathon. I'm gonna go and see somebody who's started their own business. I'm gonna see somebody who has lost five stone. I'm gonna see, right? And those daily inspirational stories into that community are just coming up. And, and people are like, good Lord, the stories of transformation are just unbelievable. They're incredible. Well, isn't that a much more pleasing environment yeah, for you totally. to be around? Instead of it being like, well, my mates think this is terrible what I'm doing and I'm at home and, you know, no, do it with a community of people who are like, wow, this is inspiring. I really want some of that. And that's the transformative thing that I've, I've really found because I'll, I'll be completely honest that I've, you know, I've got quite a big business here. We've been through a couple of years of chaos and pain and debt and everything else. And interestingly, you. there's a lot of those, <laughs> yeah, I know. And there's a lot of those habits that you, again, like you're talking about. And I realized that actually I was quite, I was one of those typical sort of binge drinkers. You know, I'd be kind of like, I'd have a couple of glasses of wine or whatever during the week, but it would slowly build. And then you'd get to that weekend stage where I'd go to the rugby, we'd have a massive day on it. I'd get home at three in the morning. I'd still wake up at six with the children. And I just realized that impact that it started to have. And I've always been somebody for physical exercise. And I think where I've been sort of fortunate is because I train a lot, a lot of marathons and ultra marathons and various awesome. things that has enabled me to be able to be able to deal with it. But the biggest thing for me was probably this last year when I suddenly started to realize within my business, I need to be on point. I need to be physically, mentally fit. And this is the biggest thing with, again, I think the whole concept of one year no beer the physical benefits are huge, aren't they? Absolutely yeah, massive. I mean, if I look at, you know, and I've done my last podcast last week is about marginal gain. If I look at even the mm. last six weeks of just little marginal gains by how much better my sleep pattern was, you know, just huge, like it's eight huge. hours of quality sleep. And then it was like, you know, because I was drinking bucket loads of water all the time, my hydration levels were insane. My skin yeah. was like so much better. But then also, again, like you said, I was better with my children. I was less shouty, you yeah. know, physically, my recovery has been quicker. So I've been lifting heavier weights and I've had a much better recovery as a result of it. And, and then you slowly start to kind of build them all into this, this package. Mm -hmm. So I think actually like my journey is about, I'm not going to be a binge drinker anymore. And actually Great. I'm probably not going to drink during the week. I'm probably not going to stop drinking alcohol, but the reality is I've decreased it rapidly Perfect. and can see the gain. And I, and I think that's something that that program teaches you because yeah, like, exactly. yeah, every morning your little face, well, this is... on my, you know, my phone every day, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually that repetition is really good. Yeah. You know, so the, the, the beautiful thing about this is, it, well, first of all, it's, it's not about not drinking, right? Yeah. So we, we just realized that the fastest way to help somebody change their relationship with alcohol was for them to separate with it. Imagine you're in a toxic relationship with alcohol and it, like a toxic relationship, everyone outside you can see what's going on, yeah. but you cannot see it, right? You're not seeing the bruises. You can't see the abuse. You've got this love for this thing and it's completely blinding. 
And that's the same thing with our relationship with alcohol. And so when you take a break for it now, we know that most people, the majority of people who are drinking, and you know, we always say that in reality, if you're drinking more than three large glasses of wine a week, you'll probably see a big change in, in, in stopping drinking for a bit, okay? Now, that's not much, that's hardly anything. Yeah, that's, yeah. you know, uh, and, and that's the recommended, I mean, it's a little bit more than that, um, but that's like the recommended amount, they say recommended. Yeah. So I'm going off track, but um, so th this is not just about heavy drinker and super drinker. This is like almost everyone. If it's something you feel like it's easy to do, then do it. Now, most people have an epiphany between 40 and 60 days. And that's wow. why we push so hard for people to go beyond 28 days, um, carrying on not drinking, because there could be some more magic for you around the corner. So I'm going to challenge you a little bit later in this yeah, uh, yeah. podcast <laughs> to carry on. Of course I am. You knew that was coming. That's why I invited me on. <laughs> so, um, um, because, and as well, doing a year without alcohol is one of the most incredible things you can do. Like when you start, that's almost impossible. I can't imagine. Yeah. But it's like, hey, come and do the 5K, which is couch to 5K, which is the 28 day. And that's like your little sample. This is, uh, I'm seeing what I feel like. Now, go back to drinking. That's fine. No problem. I drink. Right? I drink as much as I want, whenever I want. I just usually choose not to drink because I know the impact it has on me. Like I yeah. really, really feel it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just don't want that in my life that often. But it, the option is totally there. And, I, and that is the bigger piece. This is what we want for the world, right? We just want to be the go-to program that is there at the moment anyone is questioning their relationship with alcohol. Yeah. And in reality, that's 2.7 billion people in the world. And it's every weekend for a large percentage mm -hmm. of that. And it could be every day for another large percentage of that, right? But the moment when they are questioning their relationship with alcohol, we want to be that program that they call that support. Interestingly, basing it on that. So obviously, so it's global, yeah? So you've got people yeah, globally really, part of this Over, over 90,000 members in 138 countries. Wow. So that's amazing. So as a result of that, you're able to sort of see like cultural trend within that? Um, there's very different cultural trends right. um, and, you know, we are, have not yet translated into different languages. We will have to, um, yeah. we've not let, but, but what we found was that we found that it was very easy to acquire customers in the UK, in the US and English speaking countries because it's an English program, yeah. but in anywhere outside of um, the UK, US, Australia, New Zealand, the expat culture is incredibly heavy drinking. Mm -hmm. It's, and it's, it's amazing. I mean, so Dubai, you know, non-drinking country, um, uh, so, you know, Saudi Arabia, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we have found um, um, huge uh, in that. And I, I think the other thing is I look at, you know, 90,000 people sounds like a lot of people. Um, and I think that when you're, you're a big vision person like me, and I spend, you know, I've been at this six years now, um, focused on, on the 2.7 billion people that we haven't even, I mean, it's just such a speck of dust. It's yeah. nothing yet, right? It's absolutely nothing yet. And, um, but if you look at our ad account and I'm both proud and also very um, embarrassed about this. If you look at um, the spend that we have put in the last six years into Facebook advertising, it's something like 121 million people, unique individuals, who have seen our ads, who've seen our stories, who've seen our testimonials. Now, we have got 
hundreds, thousands of emails and messages from people who said, I didn't sign up to your program, but I listened to your podcast, which is free. I didn't sign up to your program, but I watched those and read those stories. And it's really helped me, you know, um, stay on my alcohol-free journey. And then if you look at the other part of people who come through the program and they message and they read those testimonials. So if you go to oneyearnobeer.com or you go to facebook.com forward slash OYMB or just type in OYMB, um, we will, over the next six months, um, show you in your newsfeed um, inspirational stories of people's life changed. And they're incredible stories, mm -hmm. incredible images, incredible stories. They're really inspirational. And, they, and just digest that stuff. Just read it. Just take it in board because what you'll hear people say is I changed my relationship with alcohol and then my friends did and my, my, my kids did or, you know, whatever it is. The wider impact of OIMB at the moment is millions of people. Yeah. Um, and that is, that's something that is amazing. And I think that as we start to improve our program and where we're, where we're heading, um, I think we're going to be able to provide all of those people a much more compelling product, wherever they are in that space. This is not a, right now, this is a, come and do a challenge. We'll help you press that reset button. But I want to be with you all, all the way through the journey, Nathan, because you're going to be on a journey now for yeah, the next no, for sure. years. You're going to be like, I might have a drink now. And, oh, and I feel a bit hungover this morning. And oh, I went a bit far. Why did I do that? Right. I want to be there with you on that journey. I want to give you the support in that moment. And what do you need? So that's what we're laser focused on. And now. I think and it's interesting because I think that's one of the things that I found is, again, is that feeling. I, at the minute, what I found is I feel like I've got like the angel and the devil on my shoulder. And it's really interesting how the devil would generally take over. And I'm amazed. And this is not just like drink. This is for me alongside like food and everything. I've hit an age of 45 this year and I've suddenly gone. I, yeah, I'm like, you know, I want to be in that best shape because I've got young children all the yeah. way through. And I know now that I'm a better version now by yeah. making these changes than I was even a few months ago. So again, yeah, definitely having that. And it's interesting because so for me, the entrepreneurialism thing is something that fascinates me in terms of alcohol. So I was chatting to Rob Moore a couple of weeks ago. Um, Rob, good lad. Yeah, yeah. And we were discussing, you know, alcohol and entrepreneurialism. And, and generally his feeling was, was he was like, look, you know, people drink and people are being quite successful. But my general feeling is, is that if you're going to be the best that you can be, you can't really mix alcohol and no, you know, that, uh, that, that, that was something you were saying before. And, and I waffled on about something else, but you were talking about how this is the one thing that led on. And this is what we've discovered, right? It's called a keystone habit, right? It's called a keystone yeah. habit, which means that when you focus on this one habit, it unlocks so many others. Mm -hmm. And that's the big piece here is that so many people are trying to exercise better. They're trying to sleep better. They're trying to meditate more. They're trying, they're trying all of these things and like, Hey, just take a step back, focus on this one keystone habit here, and all of those will unlock for you. Um, it's a, it's like a natural progression. Yeah. So yeah, I can totally feel that. I think that's, I think that's amazing. And is it? And alongside that, so when you start to see that physical benefit, have you also got like an age range? Have you noticed like within like the the members that have joined, is there a specific yeah. age range? Is it like thirty to fifty? Yeah. Is it? Exactly. Right. So it's it 30 is. to 50. But again, I think that there's two parts to that is that our product hasn't yet reached the stage where 
it is um, a compelling experience for millennials um, and younger, you know, um, which which I think that we can, there's a lot we can do to improve that. And that's what we're working on. That's the app, um, freemium subscription app, yeah. tracking, data, community. I think that's where the big... And there is, uh, and there's definitely one of those. It feels like there's so much more that even I've seen that, yeah, the potential is massive. Yeah. You know? I mean, absolutely huge. Now, for me, Rory, you feel like one of those guys, I could chat to you for hours, right? Literally, I feel like I need to have a part two. I've got three other guests. <laughs> I'm happy to come back yeah, for part yeah, two yeah. because... Part two, we can do on your day 90. So yeah, you've yeah. done 28 days. Yeah, yeah. And you're now going to carry on for 90 days, yeah? Yeah, because I think that'd be great. Done? Yeah, Good yeah. I think that'd be great because well I think there's something that's there. But I, what I always like to do, so near when I get to near the end of part one, is yeah. uh, I always like to have kind of like the five or five, which is like five quick fire questions, all right? Um, so what for you would be like the biggest thing you think you've learned in the last 12 months? Oof. Um what's the biggest thing I've learned is in the last 12 months, um, I would say that this journey, um, certainly setting up a business and trying to have a really big impact in the world um, is a huge, huge challenge. Mm -hmm. And that all of these, whenever you have to take steps back um, and whenever those difficulties, they're just incredible learning moments. Um, and the key thing is to have that mindset of what am I learning in this? What am I learning in this? I was kind of looking at your little sign at the back there saying persistent. And I think like persistently persistent is probably one of those that I think. I'm, I'm just going to take that slightly adjust one word. And it's actually my core, one of my core values. Um, and um, so that's yeah, brilliant. But um, the, 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 the main thing was I'm ADHD. Right. And so there's nothing consistent about me at all. The only thing not consistent, the only thing consistent about me is that I'm not consistent. Myself. Okay? And here I can see all these gurus and, and people saying to be successful, you must be consistent. And I had this little block in my head, you know, as I, I'm not consistent. I struggle with consistency. Mm -hmm. And yet the one thing I can absolutely guarantee I will be consistent with is my persistence. Yeah. Never, ever, ever ever give up it's that simple i love that um love that. so yeah that's great i love that um <clears throat> what's the first thing you do in the morning what's the last thing you do before you go to bed oh, well it all depends on the day <laughs> i would love to say i've got an amazing morning routine um but as an example i woke up at 4 30 this morning yeah. um I, i'm training incredibly hard for the miorca 312 so i'm doing like 250 300 kilometers a week i did nine and a half hours on the bike wow, on sunday really? Um, and I love, I love the bike. I love the time that gives me, but it really messes up my sleep after doing that much, um, endurance on a, on a, on a, on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, and I know that, that when I don't sleep well, I look at my phone and all of those bad habits. So I did all the bad habits this morning. Yeah. However, I still got on the bike. Um, I'm a firm believer in tiny habits, which I was just doing a video on a little yeah. bit earlier. So, um, I just, you know, in order to make sure I did meditate, I did one breath because then that's me meditated, you know, things like that. Um, in terms of last thing at night, usually meditation. So usually, uh, um, you know, some kind of 10 minute something body scan and then try and get into sleep. And I'm also reading Mo Gaudat's um, Mo Gaudat's, yeah, yeah. Uh, Science, Science of Happy. Or uh, yeah, I think um, it's such a good book. And it's, uh, yeah, fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And what's one thing you can't live without? My family. Excellent. 
very pleased to hear that because it's amazing <laughs> people come on and say like their phone and I'm like <laughs> I'm just like really your phone wow okay um if there was maybe like a rule that you think people should abide by something that you think they should do what do you think you would be oh a rule that you think you should do um meditate meditate um yeah imagine 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 that that, that, that we could get the entire world um to regularly meditate um i think it would be a much more peaceful world um much more calmer yeah. so uh yeah it's a game changer i i found it game changing every night it's just Changes everything. Yeah, um, I mean, OYMB came from meditation, right? It, yeah. it, it was born from that. It was born from realizing that I was at such unease in my life and had no idea. Plus, meditation is such a powerful tool in behavior change yeah. uh, because think, it builds that gap between stimulus and response. I need a drink. Wait on a minute. I don't need a drink. I love that. I think that's another conversation because I'd, I'd love to get that. I'd love to chat with you more about that. Um, Great. Rory, we're coming to the end of this show. There's going to be another one, which I'm really excited about. Awesome. Um, where can people find you? Where can they follow you? Yes. Um, well, I'm Rory Fairbairns, which um, if anyone ever gets called that name in life again, I will be absolutely gobsmacked. So you can't really miss me anywhere. Um, I, I get bored of spelling it out. I used to just call myself Bob to customers. It's much easier. Rory Fairbairns. Um, you can find me on Facebook and um, Instagram um, under both of those for One Year No Beer. Everything is O-Y-N-B or OneYearNoBeer.com. Um, we're on Facebook. We're on, I think we've been, I've got a TikTok channel, but it's not really doing much. Um, if anyone is a TikTok guru out there, feel free to ping, ping, ping me. Um, and, me as well, because um, I need help there as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, um, I think just on that note, I would say, you know, I hope that a seed has kind of planted um, into your head here um, that, that that maybe alcohol could be the one thing. And we're in February now. Forget about the past. Forget about January or you did or didn't do dry Jan or forget about whether you've tried or haven't tried before. The, the, the only thing you need to do with OYMB is just step over the line. Stepping over the line is going to one year no beer and committing to a challenge. It doesn't matter which challenge it is. Put some money down on the table to say that you are committed. Get a plan that works. 95% of people say they change their relationship with alcohol. 87% of people choose to carry on alcohol-free after their challenge. Those are people who thought, I don't know if I can do a week, right? We know what we're doing. You just have to step over the line. Um, so if there's even a seed of thought in there, just come and do the challenge. It will probably change your life. I love that. There you go, you see? So... Thank you for being on the show today. It's been Thanks, inspirational. Nathan. Literally, I can't wait for episode number two because I have a bunch of questions <laughs> that I did get to today, uh, which Brilliant. is amazing. I waffled so, a lot. If you've, uh, if you've enjoyed uh, the conversation that me and Rory have had today, head on over to the Hair Life podcast. It's available on every single channel. Uh, and don't forget to join the community. Uh, the community is growing. So, uh, Hopefully, we look forward to speaking to you again very, very soon. I'll see you next time on Hair Life. Have a good day.